It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And you know, I tell you, Friday is, 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 is tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, we, we have to deal with today. And one of the things, uh, last night, uh, we had such an inspirational show. Uh, and tonight is going to be inspiration as well. And I, I want to thank, first of all, uh, Judy Zuffa, uh, for, and Dorsey Burke, uh, for introducing me to these two great guests, uh, that, uh, are going to help us understand, which I believe is a major, major problem in, in not just America, but in the world. We're going to talk about mental health. And primarily how it affect, uh, youth and teens. And, uh, I believe that a lot of us do not understand that it's going to take all of us to better get an understanding of what that means and also play your part in making sure that we help heal, uh, our society. Now I can tell you that, uh, as uh one uh ten kids uh and not knowing about this and growing up back in the ghetto uh i I did not know what uh mental health was, and my mom was a single mom that uh, uh you know raised all ten of us by herself and but we thought it was normal, and sometimes we don't we we don't get through it we don't have the necessary help it's up to us to make sure that whatever is going on in our society today, especially today, last 15 months, it's, it's a whole lot that not just grown-ups <laughs> have to absorb, but our kids have to absorb a lot more than that because they don't understand. And this is an opportunity uh, for all of us to understand. We got two fantastic guests on today to help us uh understand that and 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 also that uh our parents have uh, been parents of this situation and 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 also to help me talk about that tonight i got michelle cooley my 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 co-host and chuck trenoni uh my guest contributor how you doing michelle hey i'm doing good james um i'm doing really good i'm really excited um to just get some education regarding this issue with um mental health awareness with um, our children and our teens. So I'm looking forward to hearing from these two women. And, and how how you doing, Chuck? I'm doing really great, James and Michelle. Pleasure to have Holly and Kara here. You know, this show tonight, I as we are thinking about it, it reminds me, I remember as a child growing up, how my mother cared for a cousin of ours who had mental health and helped us. And it just brings me back to all those feelings and moments, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, our two guests, uh, we're we going to get into them uh, in a few minutes, but I just want them both to say hello before we uh, dive off into this uh, most important topic. Holly, hey, how are you doing? I can't hear Holly uh, right now. You know, Sorry. Uh, Hi, JC. Good to hear you. <laughs> hey, how you doing today, Holly? Doing great. And, and Kira, how you doing? How you doing today? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thank you so much. I I am uh, looking forward to uh, you all helping us understand this uh, most important issue that we have. And uh, I want to get started immediately. So, Chuck, can you tell uh, our listening audience about the purpose of the show today? Yes, J.C. Uh, The purpose of tonight's show is to appreciate the benefits and minimize the challenges regarding mental health for youth and teens to hear helpful advice for parents and how to navigate the mental health system. 
and understanding the process of working with insurance companies, lawmakers, and government officials about mental health care for children and teens. What well, that's that's uh, so important, Michelle. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you introduce our first guest because uh, I, I want our listening audience to to uh, uh, know about these things. Also, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. All right. Our first guest is Kira Summer. Kira Summer is a wife and mother of two children. She's also a critical care nurse and founder of a hearing healthcare nonprofit organization. Her oldest child of 14 years has struggled with multiple mental health diagnoses over the years and is currently receiving care at a residential treatment center in Utah. She is passionate about bringing greater awareness to the condition of our current mental health system and helping children like her daughter receive the appropriate care they need. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, presents Kira Summer. Welcome to the show, Kira. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is this is so important. And I'm, just like I said a minute ago, I'm just so happy that uh, you guys take took the time to come on the show. Kira, can you tell our listening audience uh, a little bit more about you and, and where you grew up? Sure. Um, I grew up in Riverside, California. So I'm a Southern California resident here. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is I've been a part of health care my entire life. I graduated high school and went straight into nursing. I went into critical care nursing from there. So I've been always a part of the community and trying to help people. And then here I am, a mom, and having a 14-year-old girl who needs access to mental health care. I was lucky to have access to education and knowledge about that, but not everybody does. Kara, so what inspired you to become an advocate for mental health care? My daughter, you know, she is my life. She's my inspiration for everything. And she struggled so hard for years. We're trying to find the right care, the right provider, the right help for her. And for a long time, I didn't have anybody helping me other than insurance companies. It just wasn't working. <laughs> there had to be another answer. So I dug deep. I continued fighting for her. And, you know, it just kind of was one of those things where I, you can't give up. So in my pursuit, yes. No, 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 finish, finish. It's the same in my pursuit for everything. We finally found the right plan for her. We finally found something that worked, and now I want to provide the same kind of hope for other moms. Are there? Yeah. You mentioned insurance companies. Uh, are there any other organizations or groups that you have partnered with to help promote mental health for our youth? I would not have been able to get as far as I have been without a patient advocate like Holly Wheeler. Um, She and people like her are vital in the system. It's so hard to navigate and there's so many resources out there that nobody even knows about. If you don't have a team of people working with you to help you navigate through the health system, the mental health system, then you're fighting alone, and I don't know how people do that. Kira, can you describe the challenges parents may experience in trying to obtain the best mental health care for their child that at least you've experienced? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I can you describe the challenges parents may experience in trying to obtain the best mental health care for their child? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the biggest challenges is that if you don't get a second opinion, if you don't get, you know, the education that you need and access to resources, you're relying on only one source. 
and insurance companies are a business. Like any business, they're going to work off of a profit. So they're only going to give you the resources that are going to benefit their profit. Those are not the only resources available to you. So you just got to educate yourself. And, and you're absolutely right. And I tell you, uh, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Holly. Uh, and we're going to learn a little bit more. And once we finish talking to Holly, we're going to bring both of these great ladies on at the same time uh, to help us uh, get a better understanding of mental health, uh, youth, and our, our team. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. And I'll tell you, as I mentioned, this is a such important topic. And if you want to join in and be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Uh we were just chatting with uh Cura, but uh I'm asking Michelle to uh introduce our, our next guest and uh we're gonna get off into uh this even a little bit more and uh then we're gonna bring both of our guests on at the same time. Michelle, can you introduce our next guest? Yes, Holly Wheeler. Holly Wheeler is the founder and managing director of Navigate Mental Health. Navigate Mental Health is an organization that assists doctors, psychologists, and parents in obtaining treatment for children and teens with serious and ongoing mental health concerns. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, presents Holly Wheeler. Hey, welcome to the show, Holly. How you doing today? How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Hey, doing just fine. Hey, Holly, can you uh, just uh, uh, tell our listening audience a little bit more about you and your background? Sure. So just like Kira, I'm a mom who had a child with ongoing mental health challenges. And in the beginning, our challenges are small. And we thought that we were getting the type of care that we needed. And unfortunately, our problems grew. And as our problems grew, our um, access to care did not. And so I um, went through many, many challenges in order to get my child care. I have a background in benefits administration and in insurance. So things were a little bit easier for me than they are for other parents. So to deal with that, I established Navigate Mental Health, and we have been in business since 2017. And our goal is to ensure complete um, and thorough treatment of children and adolescents. Wow. Okay. You know, so, well, uh, Holly, um, I just, what inspired you to become an advocate for mental health? Um, I can remember the day 
um, after my son um, got the treatment that he needed, I had an opportunity to visit with a number of other parents who also had their kids in treatment. And the center that we um, ended up going to was highly specialized. And after meeting those families, I learned that I was the only one who was able to get insurance coverage. Everybody else was private paying to the tune of $10,000 a month. So right then and there, I decided that something needed to be done because it couldn't be that mental health could only be for the wealthy. I hear you. I got you. Well, that's important. Uh, Did you experience any challenges or struggles to find help for your son? Um, Honestly, the biggest hurdle for me was insurance. I uh, am lucky to live in San Diego, California, where we have access to wonderful providers. So we don't have a provider shortage here, but we did run into a lot of red tape when it came to getting coverage that we were paying for. Holly, what services and resources does Navigate Mental Health provide? We actually offer a number of services. So we provide services to families. Um, so when children have specific diagnoses and they've failed with just, you know, regular therapy, if there's persistent issues, we can help those families. Um, we target uh, really actually focusing on doctors and hospitals. When a provider makes a qualified referral, we are willing to stand behind that referral and ensure that insurance pays their share. So what are some of the signs that your child needs help regarding their mental health you can kind of go into? You know what, that's a really good question, Michelle. Every child is different. And one of the things that I learned as a parent that was actually really hard for me was that even like, let's take a diagnosis of depression, right? A lot of people think, well, depression, that's, that's just someone who's sad. Well, actually, depression in children show up in different ways. And that was something that I had to learn is what does depression, anxiety, and these other, you know, um, issues, what do they look like in children? And just because I didn't understand my child's either perspective or emotion doesn't mean that it wasn't um, important to them or very real to them. And that's something as parents that we don't always understand our children. And it's important to know that sometimes we don't always understand. You, you know what, Holly, uh, is, uh, in your opinion, do you believe insurance companies sometimes disregard the treating uh, physicians or recommend uh, uh, for their patients? Absolutely. Um, so one of the things, uh, there's a law, and it's a patient's rights law, and that law basically says that um, an insurance company is not allowed to direct care. So one of the things that really frustrates me is I will meet with a doctor or a psychiatrist and they will tell me all of the steps they've taken to treat a child. And we'll all say, well, what's a roadblock? Insurance. That's a problem. When good doctors can't get the care that they need, we've got a real problem. Wow. How does a parent find help and services for their child? Another great question. (laughs) Um, So one of the things that we teach parents is know who to trust. People to trust are your providers, your psychologist, your doctor. Other people to trust is, um, for instance, faith leaders. Um, A lot of families um, are religious and they go to church. Don't be afraid to reach out to your community and share your struggles, they more than likely have access and know what resources are available. So um, the other great resource is other parents. And that's the one challenge I do try to tell parents is that if you are a mental health parent, you need to be loud and proud because there are friends that need to find you. Okay. Well, Holly, you just were talking about struggles and challenges. I'm wondering uh, what other struggles or challenges do parents encounter to receive full and complete mental health treatment for their children and teens? So one of the things that Kira mentioned is getting a second opinion. 
right? So one of the struggles that we have with children is children are often underdiagnosed, specifically the population under the age of 16. So if you're having behavioral challenges, and let's say, like a lot of times parents will say, you know, my kid's just being a punk, or he just needs to get his act together, right? And those are signs, often small signs, that something's not right, and that we have to take those small signs and investigate them a little bit further, especially if they persist. Holly, what important steps should a parent take to avoid the common mistakes in finding help for their child? That's a really good question. So one of the most common mistakes is to not to deal with small issues effectively. So I like to think of what's the danger of overtreatment when it comes to mental health, that we'd have joyously functional people. (laughs) So to me, making sure that you understand what you're dealing with, making sure you understand and that you have a diagnosis. And once you have a diagnosis, making sure that you're getting the appropriate treatment um, and asking, you know, what else is there? Or, you know, especially with my child, you know, can my, my child benefit from more therapy? Would my child benefit from another level of care? And then also being very honest with your provider about the changes that you're seeing or not seeing. Wow. You know, uh, I want to bring both of you guys uh, on at the same time. And uh, uh, a lot of these questions are going to pertain to both of you, but I want to start off with Kira. Uh, Kira, what was what were the deciding factors in placing your child in and out of state facilities? So it didn't actually start with out of state. Um, I started here in Southern California, and it wasn't working. Um, Southern California's systems that, that insurance guided me to are more short-term. And she went through multiple modalities of short-term residential treatment and um, outpatient treatment, inpatient treatment. If there's a system for it, name it, we've been through it. And it occurred to me that we can't just keep cycling through inpatient, outpatient, and residential. If we're continuing to cycle through all of these, then something's not working. I needed something that worked long-term. And so in my search for something that was going to work, um, unfortunately, we didn't have any local things that could provide that. We had been through it all. And insurance kept telling me, go through it again. And we're only going to approve this much time for you to try it. So we started at a short-term residential here in California, and my daughter went through the maximum time allowed by insurance and not only didn't get better, but got worse. But because insurance only provided us with so many days, the facility couldn't hold her anymore. So they said, I'm sorry, we have to discharge her and send her home. But she didn't complete your program. She wasn't successful. She's still having issues with depression and anxiety and self-harm. And you're telling me that you're going to send her home when she's still a danger to herself and my family. How is that okay? It's, it's not, but there were no other options for us. So I looked out of my circle of what was told to me that I had available to me. And I said, that's not a good answer. And I went on a search and found something out in Utah. Wow. That, that had to be a uh, tough, but uh, uh, I believe what you're saying is the insurance have uh, a lot of control and a lot of say so, and they control the purse uh, in most <laughs> situations, which is not always good. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back. And we're going to finish talking about this and find out how other organizations can provide the necessary resources so that we can help tackle this problem. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, just like uh, I've been saying, this is such an extremely important topic. If you want to join in on the conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Nor, man, this is, uh, this is so important, uh, that we, uh, alert, uh, our communities, our, our families, our society on how important this topic is. I agree with you 100%. And, you know, my question for both guests, because I've always felt this, there's always a a, a stigma um, around mental health that, you know, you can take care of it on your own or you can get to it later. You know, there's there's other things that kind of take priority. And uh, I've always been an advocate for trying to go against that because I think there's nothing more important than our mental health. We really can't function Totally. And in other ways, if we don't actually make that a priority, and I say this as a as a single father, I also say it as somebody that I have tried to always build upon myself and make myself the best version of myself. So why do you think that stigma exists? That's my question to both of you. That's an excellent question. And, you know, I'm not sure why the stigma exists. I can tell you as a mom has been dealing with that difficulty myself, it certainly is something that you should not hold yourself accountable for. You are not a bad parent, and I think a lot of people feel that way when it comes to mental health. I can tell you right now that it is not true. Hmm. As long as you are doing something, you are a good parent. Doing nothing is what makes it hard. So you got to get yourself out there. you got to talk to people. There are people like you. There are people going through the same struggles. you just got to talk to it, about it. I agree. Sometimes you feel alone, but, you know, you realize it's a, it's a, it's a smaller world than you think. And there's more people like you than, than, than there's not. You just have to, as you said, put yourself out there. What about you, Holly? So um, I've been thinking a lot about um, stigma. And one of the things that I think we have to look at as a society is how we perpetuate um, myths about mental health. So I'll give you an example about um, uh, boys. Okay, A lot of times when I um, talk to young men who have struggles, in some form or fashion, they have been told, you need to walk it off. Walk it off. Uh, it's not that bad. You're lucky. Walk it off. And while we want to teach our children resiliency, what we want to teach them more is coping skills. And sometimes our children, especially as you know, children and then teens, they don't have coping skills. And they're looking for us to... Um, model, you know, coping skills, but also to um, 
help them find the resources that they need. And I think a lot of parents experience shame in terms of, well, how, why did this happen to my kid? Or did somehow I cause this? Or there's the shame of, especially when you're dealing with substance abuse and repeat substance abuse, there's a lot of shame that goes along with that. And one of the things that I try to tell parents who don't have special needs children is, how are you carrying the burden? How are you helping your community and other people um, improve in their lives? And um, even when I was going through everything with my son, I had amazing support. And a lot of times that support came from other people who had less of a load. And, hey, let me give you movie tickets. Hey, let me buy a pizza. You guys take the night off. And um, it's, 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 even though it's a, a private site, I think that as communities, we can do a lot more to support each other and acknowledge what's going on. Thank you. I have a question for both of you as well. We've all been immersed in listening to the news about COVID-19, and we're hearing all the things that's about CDC and other reputable medical institutions and how they're reporting about the co-occurring mental health epidemic. And the group we hear about that's most negatively impact are youth and teens, um, you know, teens first, followed by children. What do you both know about this and how are you talking about it and addressing it? How about you, Holly? Well, I'm witnessing it every day because I'm getting parents calling me from emergency rooms. And it is um, the rate at which that is happening has increased over the last year. So I know that there are families out there suffering. I know that there are families who are struggling, and I would want to tell them that you're not alone. You're not alone. It might feel alone at this moment, and, and you might be facing challenges, but there are people who absolutely want to help you. And setting aside insurance for a hot second, there are multiple resources in communities, county services, state services. I know sometimes they get a bad rap. But I'm telling you, the people who work in those organizations care. And a lot of times it's just getting to the right person who will help you. Wow. Do you have anything more to add, Kira? Yeah, you know, it's just going back to the stigma of mental health. And this is kind of touching right on that area that kids are most affected because they don't have the coping skills. Adults have coping skills, and that tells you that we are doing the right thing as parents. But children haven't developed that yet, and they need the help to do so. Thank you. Yeah. I have a question for both. How do you feel about mental health advocates' perspective that regulators need to step up and do a better job enforcing existing laws so the burden does not fall to patients in crisis or their families to battle insurers when mental health coverage gets denied? Uh, we'll start with you, Holly. Um, so I do a lot of advocacy on this subject. And something that I think is very important is that we need to be loud about this subject and we need to let our local lawmakers know we don't care what political party you're from that's nice what are you doing what are you doing on this subject do you know how many admits you had in your er department in our county and if they don't know that's a problem they should know and they should know what they're trying to do to get those rates down and to make sure the families that end up in er walk away with resources. That's the most important thing we can do across every county in this nation. Wow. What about you, Kira? You know, that's exactly right. You just, we got to get more people talking about it. There's too many resources out there that nobody even knows about. This, I, I got a question uh, for, for you, Holly, because, uh, you know, CDC uh, statistics and, a lot of people might not know uh, when it comes to uh, suicides attempt or when it comes to harbor situations, they might not know which age groups are affected the most. Can you explain to our listening audience uh, uh, in the order of uh, the CDC statistics, which age groups and why are they affected the most? For sure. 
So I was surprised um, to learn from COVID. Like, I really thought it would be adults. And when I started reading the statistics, I was shocked for a minute um, because the first age group that's most affected is children 12 to 17. Okay, that, that's an important group. The next group is followed by children 5 to 11. And there's multiple reasons why this has occurred. One, COVID interrupted school, right? It interrupted everybody's daily um, coping and routine. That's hard. And in addition to, you know, um, reducing our daily routine, we reduced our social networks. Everybody was at home. So it's really hard to connect the way that we used to, and we have to find new ways. So um, it's a challenge. COVID's definitely a challenge. But I think I come from a place of hope in that we know that these children are affected. We know that um, they have challenges. But everything's opening up now. We have a vaccine. We're making strides. Schools are opening up. So I have big hope that as we return and open up, things will normalize a little bit. But even if they don't, there is still hope. Treatment works wonders, and we should want treatment for everybody. You know, um, I I read something where it says uh, that uh, most of the people or most of the kids uh, that uh, receive treatment is uh, probably 99% uh, white. Why isn't people of color uh, getting this type of treatment, uh, do they not know? How can we get the word out uh, that everybody is affected by by this and everybody needs the same type of resources and the referral recommendations so that uh, we can all take care of each other? You raise a really good point. And when we talk about children and we talk about the age group, I would break it down even further. That specifically children of diverse backgrounds, especially children of color, they are at higher risk. And that is also because those communities um, historically have been underserved. So we're seeing kind of multiple factors uh, layer on top of each other. And so um, I really think that our communities um, together, especially going to faith leaders and uh, really empowering families from multiple directions is going to be important to serve those underserved and undertreated um, families. Um, can you, this is a question for both of you. Can you discuss the importance of expanding mental health services such as telemental health and technology-based solutions such as mobile mental health applications? Can you uh, give your opinion and kind of go over that? And we'll start with you, Kira. Certainly. I think there needs to be even more resources now that we have the complication of COVID and virtual learning, virtual access. We need more mobile wraparound type services, people that can come to you, not just you searching for them. How many resources do we have available to us as moms when something crisis is happening at home? What do we do? We need to be able to have that direct access and online virtual access is something that can give us more deep attention for help with the connection that we need. Carrie, you're breaking up uh, a little bit on your phone. Uh, what about you, uh, Holly? I'm sorry, I, um, can you repeat your question, Michelle? Yes. Can you discuss the importance of expanding mental health services such as telemental health and technology-based solutions such as mobile mental health applications? Yes. I think that um, for us to effectively address mental health concerns, we have to bring on other mediums of care, and that includes telehealth. One of the blessings of COVID is that it has shown us that telehealth can work. For a long time, insurance and other organizations avoided it. COVID has shown us that there's certain things that we can do over this medium, and we have to investigate that because that's a way for us to reach more families. I tell you, uh, just hold that thought. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We got to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue this great topic. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 and AM 1170, The Answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I tell you, uh, we're learning a lot. Lisa, uh, uh, we are here, and I hope our listening audience is uh Learn a lot as well. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Okay, I have a question for both of you again because you were talking about it a little bit earlier. Do both of you work with the school systems in your communities and throughout the state regarding this issue of mental health, helping to educate them, and and you know? give them advice on how to handle certain situations within the school system? So, um, yes. So both of us um, have children who um, have required special education services. And at least in the state of California, um, the school districts are required to provide certain services. So besides insurance, school districts definitely are a route and then as well as there's other community um, organizations that have additional resources so there are multiple pathways it's just that in every district and every community different programs have different things you have to investigate what's available in your immediate region okay thanks how about you Kira Yes, I'm actually still attempting to work with the school district for my daughter. Um, It's a long process, and it is a fight, uh, especially when you've got multiple people who are responsible for paying but don't want to pay. You've got to really kind of just access all the resources that are available to you. But once you get connected with the right people, then the doors open wide. So you just got to be able to fight for that. I have a question for both of you. What are some of the reasons, I'm sure there's many, why insurance companies delay or deny mental health coverage, and what are the consequences to families? We'll start with you, Holly. Sure. So I think there are two reasons why insurance is late to the game. The first is the historical reason. We have to remember until 2008 and 2010, insurance was allowed to treat mental health differently. And they didn't treat it on par as physical health. So now we have something that's called mental health parity laws. So those laws need to be made stronger. Um, In addition to those laws being made stronger, I think that we have to take a hard look at the profit margin with insurance companies. I think that once you take um, the profit out of 
children, um, maybe we can have a conversation about what effective treatment looks like. But until um, basically profit margins are allowed to overrule doctors, unless we change that, we're going to keep having these problems. And what are the consequences to the families, Holly? Um, so they have um, their access to care often blocked, and that's a really big problem because if insurance doesn't provide, how do families get these costs for care, which are the equivalent of physical care? It's very expensive. What are they to do? And to me, I think it's very unfair to ask a family to pay taxes and to pay monthly insurance premiums and get no services in return. And that's exactly what happened to me is my access was blocked. I was told that there was nothing else that they could do, that there was no more time that they could give me, and that she had to come home and she wasn't ready. Okay. You know, so uh, I I got a question for both of you guys. Uh, Are there any challenges working with the local government agents such as Child Protective uh, Services and Health and Human services and in others uh let's start with you first holly sure so so yes um so all of those agencies that you quoted they do have services for families um health and human services i think is probably um more appropriate some families um especially involved with cps uh, again, a big thing is learning to advocate for your child, learning to ask for, well, what other resources are available? What other things can my family be doing to heal? So a lot of times it's not just getting to the right agency door. It's really asking for help and being available to um, take action on the recommendations they make. Kira, can you tell us about your hearing healthcare nonprofit organization? Sure, absolutely. Um, my foundation is called HearShare Foundation, and that's one of the needs that I've noticed in my community is a lack of access to healthcare, not just mental healthcare, but any healthcare. And I have, uh, through my husband, the availability to be able to um, get access to hearing aids. So I take donated hearing aids, used hearing aids, and we refurbish them in his lab so that we can give them for free to people of low income who can't otherwise afford the health. We've noticed a serious decline between um, hearing health care and its link to dementia, depression, and anxiety, something that. Surprisingly enough, we've been seeing a spike in during our COVID years is depression and anxiety. So how can you possibly gain access to your mental health care system and improve these modalities and the treatments that you need for that if you can't hear what people are telling you and can't communicate effectively through them? So one of the root causes that I'm trying to help uh, give people access to is proper hearing health care so that they can communicate more with their treatment team and get that kind of help that they need. Well, that's important. That's really important. Kara, so what do you think our lawmakers and government officials can do to help parents deal with the insurance companies regarding the best mental health care for their children? Well, we just need to really expand on the education and the resources that are made available As Holly said, not just to everybody, but especially to those of our minority groups who have a lack of access, insurance is not a primary resource. And unfortunately, um, not everybody has access to insurance, and therefore they feel they have access to nothing. There are other resources available, and we need to make those known to our community members. Well, well, you know, we're coming down to the end of the show, and... uh... I would like for you guys to give information for our listening audience to reach out to you all, contact you, and ask any questions or uh, ask any advice that you have. Uh, can we start with you first, Kira? Sure. Um, you can reach me through uh, Facebook, Instagram, social media under Hearshare Foundation. I have my contact information listed there. Um, and my email address hearsharefoundation at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you're welcome to send me a message that way as well. What about you, Holly? 
So you can find me at navigatementalhealth.com and my email address is holly at navigatementalhealth.com. And we'd be happy to, you know, help families and especially providers. Um, if you're struggling, I would just encourage anyone. There are resources. There is help. There is a light at the tunnel. We just got to get you there. Hey, Holly, uh, you, you just mentioned uh, your organization. Can you tell us uh, what what is your uh, current goals for 2021? Um, so this year we have a goal of having 100 kids receive the treatment that they deserve. We're also launching a parent support group here in Southern California uh, for families who are struggling. And uh, this year we are identifying leaders in mental health and acknowledging those advocates on the ground who are making change and making sure that they get in front of the appropriate lawmakers to make sure that change happens to the rest of us. Wow. Well, you're, this has this has been so informative, and I want to uh, thank you guys for taking the time to come on the James Cody Show. It's your life uh, to uh, help educate uh, uh, our listening audience and also educate us uh, listening audience out there. Do all you can to support uh, these young ladies and their organizations and our society in general. Uh, we all got to work together, and uh, I would like to thank uh, Michelle. Michelle Cooley, uh, my my co-host, and Chuck Trinoni, uh, my guest contributor. Thank you, uh, most thank you ladies. <laughs> most importantly, I'd like to thank my listening audience for taking time to uh, uh, tune in for these great messages. Remember, we are always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring great folks like these two young ladies uh, on to share uh, the, some of the most important things that we're having in our society, in our community, in America, and around the world. So, it's your life. Uh, thank you again. And we'll be back tomorrow at the same time. You know, so uh, hoping that you tune in with us tomorrow. We've got a fantastic show. It's your life. I'm James Cooley, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.